You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders. Select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair. Find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Thomas. Running solo today, so uh, you guys are stuck with me. But today's show is uh, a pretty pretty awesome one. Really excited about this one, kind of kicking off the, the season. I know we've been running for a few weeks now, but this is our first Tales of the Chase episode. Uh, so today we have our, our friend Tyler Jarvis on to talk about the story of a buck he nicknamed Cotton Eye Joe. It's an awesome story. Tyler does a great job uh, kind of going through the the years he had uh, experience with this deer and just some really cool stuff that happened to him the day he uh, was able to, to kill this awesome deer. So um, hope you enjoy that one. Before we get into it, I want to mention our giveaway again. Uh, we are giving away some awesome hawk um, hunting equipment. We're giving away a hawk tree stand, hawk helium sticks, a uh, hawk harness, and a hawk um, mega extendable tree arm. To enter, all you got to do is go to our Facebook or Instagram page. We've got a uh, post for on both of those platforms for the giveaway, and it's it's really easy to to uh, to uh, enter yourself into it. All you got to do is like us on either Facebook or Instagram, like the post on either platform, not both, just either one of them, tag a friend, and then what you're going to do is we have a contest going. In that same post, there's a photo of an awesome deer that my brother-in-law, Russell, uh, harvested a few years ago, nicknamed River Monster. You're going to guess that deer's gross score. And I scored that deer in-house, and on October 1st, we are going to uh, let everybody know what that score is, and whoever's closest to this deer's score without going over is the winner, and you will win all four of those items, um, worth about $500 worth of stuff from Hawk, 
and we're excited to uh to to give that to you guys we had a really generous um listener partner with us on that so once again thank you very much sean uh couldn't have done it without you and um one last thing before we get into today's show we've got a sponsor for today's show it is cuttyback digital check them out at cuttybackdigital.com you can use the the code mow21 for 10 percent off your order um you probably should get on it pretty quick if you're planning on using some trail cams this year but um, check them out. Cutty Back Digital Cutty Link system is pretty awesome. Been using it this entire year and have been real happy with it. So check them out. Today's show is decently long, so we're going to get right into it. Hope you all enjoy our Tales of the Chase episode with our friend Tyler Jarvis. This is the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. All right, with me today is Tyler Jarvis. Tyler, what's going on, bud? Not much, man. Thanks for having me. Sorry you're stuck with me by yourself. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was kind of hoping to see Andy here, but yeah, get to catch up. But He's uh, stuck out in a, well, either a grain cart or a semi or a combine right now. We have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I know they're not having a good day. So uh, He was supposed to be here tonight and uh, having farming issues, and then Mike is not feeling great, so... He's not here, so you're stuck by yourself with me. So. Yeah, I figured he uh, thought we might talk about how we used to beat up on Higginsville back in the day. But. Oh, yeah, he, <laughs> he said that before. He's like, yeah, Tyler Tyler beat me in sports and stuff, and yeah. Nah, they uh, <laughs> they hung with us in baseball. I'll give them that. But Well, they had this six foot six left-handed pitcher, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. he uh, threw some weird, weird slidey stuff. But. <laughs> That's awesome. No. Well, uh, before we get into today's episode, into to today's episode, which is a Tales of the Chase, um, really, your episode is going to be uh, kicking off deer season for me. Yeah. You know, we I I like to have a nice story up front. Probably going to try to get a couple of them in actually uh, to kick off deer season, get people pumped up. I know it's already started, yeah, but it's here. Um, you know, I usually don't get going before. October, although I did hunt tonight for different reasons, but we uh, we like getting kind of excited, getting the listeners excited. So Tyler's got a, you know a lot of pressure on him because he's the first Tales of the Chase episode this this, <laughs> this year or this deer season. So today's episode, we're going to talk about a uh, buck nicknamed Cotton Eye Joe. But before we do, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, where you're from. And since you were born and raised here in Missouri, what is your favorite thing about the Missouri outdoors? Yeah, so uh, Tyler Jarvis. Uh, yeah, I grew up here in Odessa, Missouri. And, um, you know, when it comes to Missouri outdoors, I would say my most favorite thing is the three The three main things I like to hunt the most are waterfowl, turkey, and white-tailed deer. And in the state of Missouri – all three of those things, you have, you know, high quality numbers of those, you know, species. And, you know, Missouri, it may not be the, the top state when it comes to whitetails, but I think it's definitely, definitely it's up sleeper. there in the top three. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a sleeper. sleeper. Yep. I remember I used to read magazines back when magazines were a thing. And, uh, you know, they do the top ten whitetail states. And Missouri always ranked well. Yeah. Um, never number one, never number ten. You know, it was always in the top ten. 
Um, but yeah, people, you don't, when people talk about destination whitetail states, they mention Iowa, Kansas, um, you know, Ohio starting to be mentioned like that too, Kentucky. Um, a lot of times they leave Missouri off. I don't know why, cause we got some freak deer. Um, I don't know if it's because we have our, so many hunters kind of like Minnesota does when the rifle season hits yeah, or what, but yeah, you're right. We're a sleeper state. Yeah. I think that's definitely, I think you hit it on the nail there with, uh, rifle hunters, you know, them other big time states, you know, they're all shotgun. So, yeah. And it's not during the rut either. Exactly. That, that does hurt us as far as, you know, now it helps as far as hunter recruitment and we, you know, more people hunt because you got a better chance of killing a deer during the rut. Um, It hurts from a, you know, quality of deer standpoint just because more good deer get killed when they're stupid. And uh, that's for sure. But, um, you know, who knows? But, you know, and you said you like hunting waterfowl quite a bit too. Yeah. I I got into it with uh, a buddy. He'd been doing it since he was a kid. And he got me to go uh, duck hunting back when I think I was 16, 17, almost out of high school. And, man, I had a blast until the last goose hunt I went on. It was about three degrees outside, <laughs> and it took about two hours until I couldn't find uh, feel my toes anymore. And uh, I was like, you know what, this just isn't for me, you know? Yeah. And I went a long time uh, without, without going um, regularly. You know, I'd go once or twice here and there, and – Last year, I I just had an itch to go again, and he uh, he hooked me up, and we went on a couple hunts around Christmas, and in two hunts, I killed two bands. And nice. It, yeah, it hooked me again, and I can't wait till you know after deer season, January comes around, and go lay the smack down on some honkers. I haven't really ever done it. I don't I don't know that I've ever goose hunted. To be honest with you, I, I've I've um, duck hunted before, but. I remember one time I went with my brother-in-law and it was colder than hell and my feet were wet from my waders probably sucking. And I'm like, what fun? This is not fun. I'm sitting here breaking ice so I can see some damn bird. But then, you know, you would have the bird all of a sudden, you know, show up like that. And you're like, okay, I can see how this is fun. But it's one of them deals where, you know, if I, if I really like it, then I start spending money at it and my wife might, might hurt me. But it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just like any other hobby a man enjoys to do. It's more than likely going to be expensive. Oh yeah. There's, there's, no, so. there's no such thing as a cheap hobby. No. <laughs> but I, I remember uh, my buddy and I think we might be talking about the same guy, my buddy, Eric Ellenson. Oh, yeah, dude. Okay. I hunted with him. Yeah. He, he, I think he told me that and he's like, I'm going to get you to go with me this, this next year. I'm like, Hey, I'll go with you. And he showed me a picture of a spread one time. Uh-huh. And I'm like, how much money is sitting out there in that field of decoys? He goes, you don't want to know. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. But I I did promise him I would go uh, sometime, but I guess, you know, could have some fun with it. Yeah. He's a, yeah, he's a great guy. I met him, I met him last year for the first time and I think we went on, yeah, two or three hunts together. Yeah. Yeah. His daughter and my daughter play, have been playing ball together for years and we've become friends over the years, you know, mostly because of that and then just moved on from there. So, um, Anyway, all right, well, let's talk about some deer now. That's what we're here to talk yeah. about. So this this deer right here that you brought with you, so I'm looking at him right now, and uh, he's a badass deer. Um, we're going to talk about Cotton Eye Joe. First off, where did, where did the name come from? So 
uh, my younger brother Grady actually came up with the name um, after after about two years of getting pictures of him, and <clears throat> you know we couldn't, I couldn't ever see him on the hoof, couldn't figure out where you know what his patterns were. And every year come August, we'd start getting pictures of him again, and you know it always gets you excited and can't wait till October, November to come around and all of a sudden he would just disappear and we wouldn't get any more pictures of him and every now and then we'd get one picture of him right around the first November mm-hmm. but you know never daylight so when I found out when we got pictures of him in 18 I uh you know I could tell that we weren't just chasing after you know some deer that we would shoot you know we're we're talking about the biggest buck that we've ever seen on our mm-hmm. property in the 20, 25 years that me and my brothers have, you know, been old enough to hunt. And I said, I've got to come up with a name, which I always like to name deer, you know, worthy. So let's stop right there. I am also a fan of nicknaming deer. I don't know if you ever listen to our show really, but Micah thinks it's stupid. Really? He'll, he'll argue with me all day long. It's dumb nicknaming deer, and I love it. No, you yeah, know? I'm the same way. And uh, deer that are worthy, right? You don't nickname every deer. Yeah. But – um, deer that, you know, you would shoot probably on your hit or list. one that, you know, that, oh, that, that might be a good deer next year. So he's going to get a name. And, yeah. uh, my problem is I don't have any, uh, creativity. Right. So I had yeah. to just like start na- nicknaming deer actually uh, off of, you never remember the game growing up Mortal Kombat? Yeah. I never played it though. Okay. Yeah. So I, I played it when I was a kid. I'm probably a little older than you and, so I started nicknaming all my deer after Mortal Kombat characters because <laughs> I couldn't, you know, I, I think that deer right there, the one we were talking about before, he actually, I, I nicknamed him Basket Case for obvious reasons, right? That was easy. Yeah. But the rest of these deer, I didn't know how to name them. So they just got like Mortal Kombat na- names. Um, same thing with the one that'll be here in a week. He's a Mortal Kombat character. So I always like to know where the name came from because that's a pretty good name. Yeah. And, uh. So, you know, obviously the deer, he's got to be, like I said, worthy. Um, he's either got to have some kind of character to him, you know, something that stands out to where, you know, if you're sitting in the stand and you see him walking up, you're like, you know, hey, there's Curly, there's Mo, whatever. Yeah. So we're sitting there one day. I think it was actually during the Chiefs game. And I think, man, I, I need to come up with a picture of this deer and just – at a snap of a finger, I don't know if he'd been thinking about it or not. He's, he said, uh, "What about Cotton Eye Joe?" And I was like, "Cotton Eye Joe." I said, "Where did you come up with that?" He's like, "Where did you come from? Where did you go?" I was say. And I was like, "Dude, that's perfect." I was like, "Cause he's here, and then he's he's gone, yeah. and you know, we don't know where he goes, and we don't know where he goes for the rest of the meaning of the season." So I was like, "That's perfect, dude." So that's for, awesome for. Uh, Entire year and actually about a year and a half, he was uh, he was Cotton Eye Joe. Nice. So uh, so okay, let's start the story from the very beginning. What year did you first notice him? And I guess you'd say hunted him. Yeah. So uh, I would say seventeen was the first year that I got a picture um, of this eight point. And you know, at the time, I'm, he's probably one. 125, 130, which is a good deer, from, mm-hmm. you know. Especially for an eight-point. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm keeping an eye on him. I had another deer that was maybe about the same size. Nothing 
nothing nowhere near like 150, 160 out there. And for the previous probably four or five years, we've been really trying to manage where we hunt out there, you know, really hammer down on, you know, don't just shoot this buck to have to say you shot a buck that year. Um, I was like, you know, we got a good thing going out here. Uh, the property's great. For some reason, the genetics out there are starting to just come alive. And, you know, the, you can see the potential with the bucks. And just talking to my older brothers, and it's like, if we give these deer just a couple years, I'm like, you guys are going to be just elated from what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to go from seeing a lot of four points, 115, 120-ish bucks, to, you know, we may have four or five 150s out here at the same time. So, um, 2017, yeah, comes around, get a few pictures of him. I personally, I don't see the deer. Um, <clears throat> my younger brother says he saw a really good 8.1 night. He said, I couldn't get a shot. And I tried to explain some of the characteristics of him, and, and he couldn't really confirm. It was thick, you know, getting late at night, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much it. Like, t- 2017 was a pretty, pretty quiet, boring year um, out there, but. 2018 comes around and I'm now in 17 yeah if you would have seen him so I, okay you thinking he was a 130 inch or so Roughly, eight pointer yeah. in 17 so you would assume now, I don't, would, yeah I, I'm just gonna say right off I'm probably not the best <laughs> score <laughs> yeah. judger you know what I mean I no uh, one's ever gonna know anyway yeah a lot um, of times if I say he's 140 or 150 or something, he's like 125. (laughs) It is what it is. I'm that way too. So I I would guess in 17 he was at least three and a half. But if he was 100, you would almost think he might be four, um, being, you know, at least 130-inch eight-pointer. But it's just hard to say. So let's say he's at least three and a half. That's what I based him on. In 2017. So do you think in 17 with, you know, what you guys were trying to maybe start doing, if you had a solemn – would he have gotten one, or would you have let him walk? I I had it in my mind that I was going to let him walk. Um, I told my other brothers now, too. Now, when was the last time before 17 you had killed a deer? I killed a buck. The year before. Okay, so I guess it wouldn't have been that difficult and he for was you. A, yeah, he was a 132. Right. And that was the first buck I had killed in probably five years. So you got it out of your system the year before. Just got it out of my system, yeah. yeah. I couldn't take it no more. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's you know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. if you hadn't killed a deer for five years prior to 2017 and this 130, let's say 130, 135-inch eight-pointer walks in front of you. Dark charcoal horns, too. That, ooh. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> difficult Yeah. to uh, let walk, mm-hmm. you know, especially when, it, you know, like we talk about, we, we don't care. Like, you know, it's your tag as long as you're doing it legally and ethically. You you use it how you want, yeah. And when the heart gets to pumping, it'd be difficult to you know in 2017 to have let him walk by if you hadn't maybe have killed one the year before. Yeah. Um, now, luckily, it sounds like you didn't get the chance to make that decision. Might have yeah. been a good thing because you might have been like, "Ah, screw it," like I I have been yeah. before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that deer right there was one of those. Oh yeah, he's oh too late. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, uh. All right, so 2017, that's pretty much what happened that year. Yeah. You didn't really see him. Yeah, boring. Um, 2018, I uh, 
I normally like to get my cameras out, you know, mid-June, early July, mm-hmm. and just to get some velvet picks, see what's see what's popping out there. And it didn't take long. He uh, he was showing up in velvet, and that's when I first found out, you know, just pretty much knew, yeah, like this is a, a freaking stud. You know, this is by far the biggest deer, and we've had – I think a 158 and a 167 shot off this same property within from, I think, well, I think the 158 was way back in like 2002 or something, but um, my brother, my younger brother killed that 168 in mm-hmm. 2013, I believe, but but yeah, we, uh, I'm like, this is definitely a, a, a freak of nature out here, and I started hunting him hard. He's definitely my number one buck that I'm after and October comes around. I don't like to hunt. I don't want to say I don't like to hunt. I normally don't get out in September. I don't know what it is about my skin, but skeeters love me <laughs> and they just tear me apart. Well, when we were talking before we started recording, your property is a lot like the one I hunt when they go hard horn. A lot of times they disappear on us. Yeah. You know, Dan Johnson talks about that shift. Like there's that shift when they go hard horn and then, they just go away. Yeah. And so we're just typically not one of those properties that they go to. They go somewhere else for however long or whatever. Mm-hmm. Truck stop is what I like to call I it. I guess. I don't know where the hell they go. I mean, there's got to be somewhere they're at. So some people are like, why the hell are you not hunting on September 15th? Because they are flush with deer. Well, that's yeah. because all the deer I had are over on you now. So, yeah, you're seeing you know. them. <laughs> now, now, I talked about me hunting tonight, and that's because one of the deer I'm after has all of a sudden – He's still there. So I, I went after him tonight and, and saw dogs instead. But so, you know, you yeah. really didn't start going after him until about October then? Yeah. Uh, mid, mid October, I'd say, which is roughly, ironically, is, you know, about a little before I stopped getting pictures of him. So that kind of made me wanted to go out and just, you know, just see if I can't catch him being stupid or something, you know, and, um, there was at one point, I don't exactly remember the date. I know it was in October. My older brother was out hunting, and he called me about 7.30 at night. He's like, man, there is a giant out there. Mm-hmm. He's like, I couldn't get a shot on him. He was a little too far out of range. And um, I was kind of like, do you have split brow? He's like, he's like, I don't know. I couldn't tell. It was getting kind of dark by the time I got my you know binos on him it was just some, too thick but he said he was a big he's he said he was a 10 pointer so I'm like well which if he's a 10 pointer is correct I, I could see him but you know Cotton Eye Joe is a mainframe eight right so I'm thinking well maybe we did have some other decent bucks out there but they weren't nothing if you know mm-hmm. giant status so that kind of Got the blood flowing a little bit again. I'm like, okay, well, just because I'm not getting pictures of him, it doesn't mean he's not out there. And I mean, that's a big distinction too, isn't it? I yeah. mean, how many, how many cameras do you think you run on this property that you hunt? That year, I had five. And so, for the listener, because I kind of forgot this, explain what you're hunting. Uh, give no addresses and anything no. like that, but yeah. you know, explain the kind of the property you hunt and the layout. Yeah. So. um I would say the far the far east side it's it's um fescue clover field um it used to be crop 
uh, it's not anymore. He just lets it grow up and he bales mm-hmm. it for hay. And then you just pretty much have a almost a symmetrical square of just nothing but timber. But it's also surrounded by properties of row crop that I don't have permission to hunt. But I have that timber and it's used for bedding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they like to walk through that just to stay out of the open site. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's it's worked great for me so far. Um, you know, there's there's tons of deer back there, but... So you're talking, I mean, you said you had five cameras out there then. Yeah. And let's just say, for argument's sake, a few hundred acres. I have no idea. Maybe a hundred acres. Let's yeah, just say, for instance. It's more like, probably, I would say, 75. Okay. Let's just like let's yeah. say 75 acres in. Five cameras, 75 oh. acres. Uh-huh. You know, a lot of people think, kind of like you and I both do, well, I don't have my camera. He's not here. Maybe. Maybe. Also, maybe not, right? A lot of big deer know that a camera's there and i swear well you know did you ever you ever listen to dan johnson nine finger chronicles uh-uh. he talked about one time he had a, a trail cam at a mineral site that kept getting stolen so he put another camera there one time and then and i might be getting this story a little bit off but pretty much correct he put another camera up in a tree about 18 feet looking down to catch the guy that was stealing his camera and it, he started getting pictures of a buck that he had never seen before that would come out the trail, never go to the mineral, and walk behind the tree that the camera was on. So not a single photo on that camera that he was had on that mineral. Huh. He started getting the pictures when he had that tree, that camera up in the tree looking down at the one that he was, you know, trying to see if it was uh, who was stealing it. Yeah. And it, it, you know, made him think, and he, he talks about this, we rely so much on our trail cameras to tell us what's going on, but you really think about what it's looking at, right? You know, a 10-foot wide swath by 60 feet or however long it can make it out. Yeah. That's just a small snapshot of the property. So, you know, you're hunting 75 acres, like you were saying. You got five different snapshots. They may catch him, and he, he may be on them or he may be one of those deer that you know a lot especially a, a uh, mature buck oh, how do i say this you know how you ever, you ever notice how you got these beat down cattle paths that it seems like deer are just walking all the time yeah you ever notice whenever right before you shoot a big buck or when you see a big buck moving is he ever on those yeah i mean seems like to me they're almost never on them <clears throat> maybe for a second and they get off of it yeah. and it's almost like they know well, this is what everybody else does, and they die. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just it's just odd. So, you know, you you saying, "Hey, I'm going to go hunt," just because he's not on camera, doesn't mean he's not there. Is a good move, in my opinion, because you never know. Yeah, um, yeah. If yeah, man, it, it would have been something if I would have had more encounters of him, just to kind of know his behavior and how he reacted. But mm-hmm. you know, that just wasn't the case. But he uh plus you can't kill him on the couch anyway exactly and that's you know that's one thing i've i kind of pride myself on is i i put in the tree time so if i don't kill a deer it ain't because i'm not out there right it's it's just because you know the stars didn't line up or whatever but um yeah uh october 2000 is that where we were at yeah october, october 2018 yeah. yeah so i'm out there about every weekend much as i can 
and there was one night, roughly right around Halloweenish, maybe. I'm walking out of the timber, just after sitting there hunting, and I walk out, and I always, I always keep an arrow knocked when I walk out, and only when there's enough light. Especially when you're hunting in the timber, when I'm walking in the you timber, get out yeah. to the field edge. There's still plenty the timber, of dark. Yeah. yeah. So every now and then, I don't know if it's a gut feeling or what it is, but sometimes I might get down about 15 minutes earlier than I normally would, mm-hmm. and I'm walking out. And before I get about 10 yards from the edge of timber, I can see some deer out in this uh, pasture. And I pull up the binos, and I'm looking. And as soon as I get this deer in my binos, same thing like you were talking about that happened to you today, I hear barking. Mm. And he looks up, and all I saw was a, a rack. And um, they take off, you know in the dust gone i never could get a you know confirmed if it was him or not but so then i started hunting dogs <laughs> especially we're not serious like people we're night. not we're not serious <laughs> no and uh so yeah that was 2018 i think that would be the only encounter if that was him right but like i said i couldn't tell i all i saw was just a a, bo- a, a boatload of forms yeah, yeah. So the, I mean, even during the rut, 2018, um, saw a lot of action, a lot of new bucks, but never him. And so then, um, you know, um, you're always got, you got that feeling that, you know, did somebody else kill? Got shot. You know, yeah. how far is he venturing away from, you know, where I'm at and all that good stuff. So I'm kind of, kind of not trying to think about it. And 2019 comes around in spring we always like to go shed hunting we probably don't shed hunt as much as we should but you don't have the luck it's kind of hard to get out there and right. go look. so my younger brother goes out in i think it was march or late march early april and he sends me this snapchat of this horn on his tailgate just Along, like a, a single horn yeah okay it would be his right side, along with another shed, and the other shed could fit inside the of this other shed. And I'm like, dude, that is Cotton Eye Joe. And and so he found his right side. He found his right side. And when did he find it? In March, almost April. So right after, right after of 2018 season, that was when I kind of told you before. Um, I knew I had to go try to get permission on surrounding properties because this deer, he's, he's hanging out over here on, you know, summer days, maybe even late winter, you know, springtime, summer. But for some reason, when the leaves start to fall, he goes somewhere else. And I, I just... With, with as much time as I hunted out there and the cameras and I just the lack of pictures and I had throughout the fall, I knew he was going somewhere else and spending the majority of the rut there. And then, you know, if he had time, he would maybe show back up. But there was one time in 18, I had pictures of him on November 1st. And that was the last time I had pictures of him hmm. until until the next year. 
So my mom goes, um, at my mom's house, she goes to this church and the neighbor, she, they go to the same church. And I said, you know, ask him if, if anybody's hunting back there for one, if he says no, ask him if it would be all right if, you know, if he would let us. And long story short, comes back, we get permission. So, um, when my younger brother goes out, I didn't go out that day, but he's like, I think I'm going to go over to the south side on that new property. I said, okay, yeah, cool. I was, you know, I was kind of wanting to go over there myself, so mm-hmm. just check it out. So <laughs> he he ends up finding that thing in a big pile of thorn bushes. Hmm. What? I don't know. I We've had success in thorn bushes before. And it, which is crazy because I don't know why a deer would want to walk through there, but apparently those big ones like to hide in thorn bushes. Somebody told me once, if you're a big mature deer, um, you go where nobody wants to go, and that yep. is nobody, not even a like yep. humans won't even you know venture in there. So you know you're good. I yep. mean, it makes sense. Yeah, and it, it was a, it was a huge pile. I, I mean, it was probably 25 feet diameter, just a big circle of thorn bushes, you know, four feet tall. So what made him walk through there? I, to this day, I still don't know, but that's where he found it. And I went to his house and I grabbed this horn and I'm like, man, like we, we, we don't have deer like this around here. Like, I don't understand, I don't understand where he's came from, you know, and just how big he got over that year. Yeah. You know, from 17 to 18. It's amazing to me how good a, Shade. I'm look so for the listener. I'm looking at the sheds from 2018 of Cotton Eye Joe, and the one that his brother found is in immaculate condition. So right. like that deer either held it for a long time, or you got really lucky that no mice or squirrels ate ate it yeah. up because it. I mean it's it looks it's like perfect. it hasn't been touched. No, yeah. And um, so I would assume he probably held it for a while, which you know yeah. for a guy that's wanting to hunt him or you know, was hunting him probably makes you a little sick to your stomach. Cause you're like, just drop your damn horns already. <laughs> so I know you're still alive. Yeah. Well, well, and you know, nobody else will be tempted to do something to you, you know, cause they yeah. just see a deer without antlers. Yeah. So yeah, at that moment, you know, I knew he was still alive, but it also excited me cause I'm like, okay, this is the first time in what we think is four and a half, maybe five and a half years that we've have found his sheds. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, he's, he's spending his time over here now. So this is, must be, you know, his stomping grounds, you know, sort of say. And so both season comes around. I get out and I've got some cameras back there. Um, don't get any pictures of him back there. <laughs> That's gotta be a kid. But I get pictures of him in the, where I got pictures of him from the previous two years. Mm-hmm. which is about three-quarters of a mile north. And so it it just it throws me for a damn loop because I'm like, okay, so summer he's, he's over here, but in the fall and winter it sounds like he's going south. So I try to plan it that way, you know, early season. I try to hunt him on the north end of the property. Later season I'm going to plan on, Moving you know, south. putting on the south side on this new property. So I get it. I, uh, it's, it's a little bit different setup from the north side 
it's a very narrow kind of draw. It's probably less than 8,500 yards wide, and it probably it's probably a quarter mile long. But crop fields on both sides, little creek running through it. Just, I mean, a ton of bedding. If you can sneak in there without jumping anything up, um, it's it's just a great place. So I go in there and I set up um, I set up a ground blind first, and there's I'm just, and we, you know, I, I remember I think back I'm like okay for some, just for some reason he found that shed in that thorn bush I'm gonna try to set up in the kind of in a place where there's a big trail that's matted down but yet you know somewhere where it's thick you know maybe somehow I can sneak in there mm-hmm. without waking him up I mean, you know. I know a lot of people don't like to hunt in bedding, but for me, you know, that's what I did, and it worked out. Well, if you – and if you're hunting outside of bedding, when when you get in there, when they're not there, yeah. so you catch them coming back to bed of a – you know, even of an evening sometimes or in the morning. I yeah. mean, I don't know why you wouldn't want to hunt bedding, you know, because – Well, it's – when I say that, I'm talking I am – in his bed. Oh, you're in. Yeah, I mean, I'm in. His still bed. the same thing. You get there when he's not there. Yeah. No. Yeah. You just, yeah. You know, you're just taking that chance, and a lot of people like I've I've screwed up many a times. You taking the chance when you're walking in, mm-hmm. they're there, and of course, then you bump them. But then you can play the whole bump and dump game. You never know. Hey. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not going to venture too far off here, but <laughs> that same year, my brother is having this. <laughs> He he doesn't know what it is. He walks in. It's early morning, so it's dark. Mm-hmm. And he's walking through the timber, and he just hears this mean growl. Like it's – he's like, Tyler, I can't describe what it sounds like. And I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about, man? Like, is it a coyote? He's like, no. Like, it's not a coyote. I'm like, well, is it a bobcat, you know? Which we – we have seen bobcats out there sure. before, but – it was probably a week, maybe a week or two before the end of the story with him. I was walking in, and I took three steps into that timber, and I heard the meanest, scariest growl that I've ever heard. Hmm. And I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> so I stopped. I shut my lamp off. It stops growling. I take one step. It starts growling again. So I'm like, okay, this thing has eyes on me. Like, it knows where I'm at, but I don't know where it's at. Did nor your, do I know what it is. Did your leg get warm really quick? <laughs> I know mine would have. No, but uh, <laughs> my heart started pounding like it's never had before. And, and from then on, I keep a headlamp on. I, I, yeah, don't, uh, I don't care. I've walked in the timber with a headlamp on, and I've looked up, and I've seen deer. Right. I, you know, I've seen like six sets of eyes. Yep. And I just keep, I just look back down at the ground and I get to my stand and I look back over and they're still standing there. Yeah. So that, I don't once think that they, happened, they, they don't know what you are, I don't think. Exactly. You know. And once, the, once I've figured that out, I'm like, I will never walk in the timber without a light on ever again. I'm telling you, there's nothing, there's no judgment from me. I'm going to tell you that because I'm a sissy. Dude. I, and I'll tell you one story to get off the subject. We'll get back to this awesome deer in a second. I was hunting, this is probably four or five years ago now. And the property I was hunting there, it was probably a good 600 yards from where I was hunting to my truck. Yeah. That's a haul. 
and and I was hunting uh pretty much a field edge, so I was hunting till dark. And I get down, and I'm basically hunting on a, a creek, and basically a pinch point. And I get down, and I start just start walking, and I start hearing this blood curdling scream right on the other side of the creek from me property i don't hunt and it just keeps going and it almost it almost sounds like a human at some you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. you know it's not a human but it just and you know the hair on my neck starts to stand up a little bit and yeah. i i didn't have my my sidearm on me at the time i just had my bow and i'm just like holy shit i'm scared so i've never walked so fast and kept looking back behind me all yeah. the way back to my truck and i swear i damn near ran yeah. And I'm just, I get back to my truck, I'm like, you are a baby, dude. Like, <laughs> all, all that was was probably a bobcat. But what's the one thing you go back to in our state when you hear about those growls or that scream I just talked about? What what does my mind do? You know mountain lions are here. Yeah. That's what I do. And I'm just, I start freaking out. Oh, my God, it's a mountain lion. I'm going to get eight. <laughs> There's been sightings, you know, yeah. not too far from where we're sitting right now. Exactly. So I'm just like, and that's another line. that's another thing I said too. I'm like, well, surely it's not a mountain lion because you know it's been several, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty years since you know they knew there was one around this area. But that's what I was told. I was told it was a, a bobcat guarding his den. Probably, yeah. I mean, you it know, or sounds even a fox, worse, or maybe whatever. I don't know, but anyway, when, you, when it's dark and you can't see it, it sounds a lot worse than it might be. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never know. Yeah. But no, yeah, that thing, it pretty much growled at me because I walked a big circle mm-hmm. around it and it growled the entire time hmm. until I got past it and then it quit. So it was right there where you were. Mm. Yeah, you probably walked right on it, yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm in this thick bedding area. I set a, a blind up and I put it up right next to a fence. You know, the fence is at my back. And about 15, 20 yards in front of me, it's just a thick line of hedge trees. Um, there's a little mini, it's, I wouldn't even really call it a creek. It's just a a big ditch, I'd say. <coughs> and you can tell there's signs, um, you know, matted down trails. It's just, it looks like there's a lot of activity going on right here. Mm-hmm. So I set up a camera, set up my blind, and I back out. It's probably first weekend of October, maybe. And I go back, I give it, like I said, probably a week or two. I go back in and um, hunted it a couple times. Didn't see too much, just some does. and Checked the cameras. I got some pictures of another buck that I didn't have any pictures of on the north end. So I'm like, well, this is, you know, kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, if I see, you know, I, pictures are kind of deceiving, but he's he looks like a decent four-and-a-half-year-old. And Halloween comes along, <clears throat> and I don't know about you, but Halloween's probably one of my favorite times to hunt. It used to be for me. Yeah. Now I never get to hunt on Halloween, uh, so. Yeah. You go hunt candy instead? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Halloween, actually, I don't know if you guys remember, but Halloween in 2019, um, there was snow on the ground. Yep. And I'm a big time... I love hunting snow out of a tree stand, and I, I, I don't know what it is. Just maybe the fact of arrowing a deer in the snow and watching it run off in the snow. It's just always been kind of like a dream of mine. So I had intentions of sitting in that ground blind because it was, I don't know, 13 degrees. It was cold. 
I said, you know, screw it. I'm going to go freeze my butt off in this tree stand. Ended up not seeing jack crap. <laughs> and um, three days later, I go sit in my ground blind on the south side. And I swap uh, cards in that camera before I get in there. And I get down, I get settled in, you know, give it a couple minutes, nothing's really happening. So I pull out this this card and I'm looking at this pictures and October twenty eighth, nothing, you know, a couple <laughs> does, twenty ninth. And on Halloween morning, this guy walked five yards in front of the blind I'm sitting in at the moment. And as I'm sitting there in this blind and I'm looking out front like five yards in front of me i'm like he was right he was right there like i should have been here i had plans to sit here you know i the (laughs) the hoyt freaking was gonna lay the smack down on him and i I said and i was so mad that something talked me out of that and i don't know to this day i don't know what it is you know maybe something would have happened and you know and i would have missed how I would have missed it five, seven yards, I don't know. Yeah. But maybe something would have happened. Maybe he busted you and never come back. Never you know, come back, like yeah. Maybe. And so I, as I'm sitting there in that blind, and like I, I don't even care about hunting anymore. I'm, I'm just sitting there thinking about how maybe I slipped, you know. This is the first time in two and a half years that this deer is daylighted right. that I have pictures of. And I'm getting him. In November, to where I didn't on the north side. If you know, I'm I'm like I am in his ground now. Right. I, I feel. So after after I left that, I hunted freaking hard, man, from November first all the way up to rifle season, and which just, is really what I'm assuming you wanted to get done. Exactly because because all of our listeners, along, yeah. yeah, all of our listeners know. Yeah. The Orange Army shows up in full force. Elmer Fudds. And we are we are no different in our little county than anywhere else in probably the state. It's you know, it's crazy. Yeah. And so yeah, you It's quite the scene when you're sitting out there on opening morning and it just sounds like like you said, like a war. Doof, like a doof, doof. civil yep. war going off, just sounds like a <laughs> bunch of cannons just firing off everywhere. Yep. But no, um no signs of him. And when I say I don't see him my brothers also don't see it. You know, there's there's anywhere from two to three of us hunting out there. Mm-hmm. And nobody's nobody's seeing this A lot deer. of times on the same days, like you might be hunting north side, one of them's on the south. Exactly. Yeah, yep. so. Exactly. Yep. So if, you know, if he's walking on this property, more likely, more times than not, um, somebody is more likely going to see him. But, you know, that just wasn't the case. And so opening – Opening weekend of rifle season, I, you know, I'm like, obviously, I don't want to sit in my ground blind with seven yards in front of me to shoot with a rifle. Right. So I go on the edge of the of the draw, and that year they had um, cut corn. There was corn out there that year. So I said, I hang. I hung a stand. I had just no particular spot. It was really the only tree that I could really put it in. And I saw, till this day, you know, I was, let's see, I'm 31 now. I would have been 30, 29 that year. Mm-hmm. The best day of hunting that I've ever had. Nice. 
I'm talking from sunrise till noon when I got down. It was just nonstop bucks chasing does. And I, I've, I've never experienced that. Makes for a fun day. A very fun day. And it makes it easy to sit there and freeze yeah. your butt off. But it was nuts, dude. It was, I mean, this one buck looked like it was on crack. Like, he was cornering a doe. Mm-hmm. It almost looked like a a rodeo clown with a bull. That just he, he wouldn't let her run. It was, it was nuts. So I sat down. Um, I sat there all morning. And every it's like a tradition. Mom always cooks a big breakfast. You know, we we all meet up there at some point, time or another in the morning. And mm-hmm. I always enjoy it. It's one of my favorite days of the year. You know, just sit there with your brothers and eat mom's breakfast and, you know, talk about what you saw that morning and right. whatnot. And, but I didn't have time to talk that day. I was, I was like, man, that was, I saw so much action. I said, it's nuts. I said, I'm going to eat something real quick. Mama give you a hug and kiss, and I'm getting back out there. Right. So I wasn't gone, but. Maybe 45 minutes, and I get back in the stand, and it's the same. Just, I mean, it didn't take an hour of me being gone. There was an hour of nothing, and then all of a sudden it was just like round two. And I had new bucks, like the bucks that weren't there this morning, chasing does. And I'm, I'm just sitting there waiting. Like you you watch Please your, you watch your hunting shows. Him. You watch your hunting shows, you know, it. the beginning of the show always starts out with your two-and-a-half-year-olds and your three-and-a-half-year-olds walking out, and then it's, all of a sudden, it's here he comes. This is how it's supposed to go. It's, it's supposed to supposed graduate to, to the big one now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just anticipating. I'm just sitting there like, man, like I know he's in here. I know he's in here. And I'm just waiting, you know. Right. I'm thinking he's the only deer I haven't freaking seen this day. It, and long story short, it got dark. And he never showed. So, you know, I am, you know, I'm ecstatic to get back out there. You know, it didn't sleep much. I'm up at 4, 4, 4.30 in the morning, you know, two hours before daylight. And I get out there and I get up in the stand. And from the time I got in the stand, I think I saw two squirrels. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> I mean, that was it. I yeah. I think I may have seen two does, if I recall, but that was it. I didn't see a single buck, and it almost like crushed me. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, man, I yesterday I, I laughed because I understand. Yeah, where y- you're coming from. Yesterday, I sat here for what felt like 13 hours and froze my butt off. I was just like, you know, 10:30 came along. I was like, I'm done. Right. You know, I'm going to go home. I'm going to watch the Chiefs game. Whatever. Actually, I don't think the Chiefs played that day. I think they may have played on Sunday night or Sunday night or Monday. But I had plans on just watching football that afternoon. Right. So I get down out of the stand, and where I park, I just walk straight east to, to, to my truck. So when I get out of my truck, I just walk straight west down this little uh, crop field, and I walk into that draw right behind my stand. So there's no walking up and down mm-hmm. the crops fields. I just walk straight and uh, right to the back of the tree. <clears throat> I get down, and on the south side of this property, further south, there's another crop field, and it's it's got like seven terraces on it. So it's kind of, you know, if you can picture it, it's 
the top of the field, and there's it's like you cast, got seven cascading down to yeah. you. Yeah. So I'm walking up from the bottom. I'm like, I'm going to go out here and just check out this field. You know, why I'm not seeing any deer in this field this morning when I saw deer all freaking day yesterday. You know, maybe something's going on over in this field. And I'm the only one hunting back here. Mm-hmm. So I sneak through the, this little draw real quiet. And I walk out and I peek out in this field. And there was like two, two or three does down in the corner. That was it. So I'm like, I'm not even going to bother, waste my time. So I take off and I'm walking down this fence line looking for a spot to cross. And I get up to this little opening. The fence is down about, you know, two feet. Easy for me to cross. You know, I don't have to worry about ripping my britches or anything. Speak for yourself. So I <laughs> I still would have had to jump over it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I hike my leg over this fence. And as soon as I turn around, I just happen to look down at the ground and I see these times sticking up out of the leaves. And I was like, surely not. And I, to this day, I still, I whipped out my phone before I even picked it up. For some reason, I had this weird feeling that it was his other side. So I whipped out my phone and I started videoing as I walked up. And when I grabbed it, I pulled, I grabbed on that middle tine. And when I yanked that shed out of the leaves, it was just like a, like a jolt to the heart. <laughs> like it was just, it, it excited me again. Yeah. You know, I, I no longer really wanted to go, you know, watch football. I wanted to come back. And and, and even that <laughs> set's in good shape. I mean, for being a year old, they chewed up the G1 and the G3 a little bit. but Yeah, the brow time got gnawed on and it's G3. But other than that, I mean, it's still it's hard solid. horn. And, yeah. it's, and I was like, oh, my God. So here I am. You know, I have a full set of this deer's horns that I've never seen on hoof. Ever. So I run to my brother's house. I'm like, I need this other side of the shed. I said, I'm going to take it to a buddy of mine. And we're going to put the tape to him just mm-hmm. just to see. And my buddy, he's a big time deer hunter. And we start, he starts measuring this deer up and I'm writing down the numbers. And, you know, he's like, God damn, dude. He's this. He's like, this isn't, this is what you see in like Iowa. Like, you know, <laughs> massive wise. And I'm just sitting, like, I don't know what to say. I'm like, I know. Like, you know, I don't claim to be, you know, a, a diehard deer hunter. I love to deer hunt. Don't get me wrong. But I don't I don't put out food plots, you know. I don't own a bunch of machinery to do all that. I don't, it's not a full-time job for me. It's a, it's a hobby, you know. Yeah. I, I do it when I have free time. <clears throat> so it's, you know, I we're putting this tape to him. And we had, he's like, well, let me see a picture of him. So we show the pictures and just by judging, you know, how far he looks like he's outside of his ears. Right. You can kind of set up. Let's just go with an 18 inch spread. 18 inch spread. We had the numbers up and he's 171. He's like one freaking 71, dude. He's like, you need to go shoot this deer. Last year. Last year. And I'm like. I haven't seen him, dude. I've <laughs> I've been hunting him hard as I possibly can, and I just I don't know where I I think I know where he's at, but I I just haven't seen him. Like I I don't have the opportunities. <clears throat> and I didn't even eat lunch. We sit there and talked about him and just looked at these horns. 
till about 1 30 2 o'clock he's and you know he's like all right man he's like well i think i'm about ready to go out he's like you need to go kill this deer and i was like actually i think i'm just gonna watch football you know and he's like dude you, you have a giant walking around out there and i'm like all right man. yeah but i'm not gonna see him yeah you know it's just you you don't think yeah that it would happen <clears throat> so I'm like, all right, you talk me into it. So I run home. I grab a quick bite to eat. I get my clothes on, and I drive back out there. I'm like, get up in the stand, and as I'm pulling my gun up, this is the Sunday of opening weekend. I just find this. I just found this guy's shed. You know, the, that morning. I'm pulling my gun up, and as I turn around and look out in this field, there's this doe standing like. A hundred yards out in front of me. Has no idea I'm there. Yeah, I saw a deer. I'm like, oh, holy, you know, I need to sit down. You know, they're mm-hmm. already out. And I, I'd say at this point, it's probably 3, 3.15-ish. She's out feeding for about 20 minutes in front of me. And um, she walks down into the timber about 75 yards to my right and just disappears. And it's pretty thick behind me. You know, I'd... With my bow, I had probably three or four shooting lanes, you know, with a rifle, same, but they're very close. Mm-hmm. 45, you know, 50 would be probably the longest. And so after she walks in the timber, I'm just, you know, like anybody else would be, I'm just trying to be super quiet, just trying to hear, you know, is there anything in there? There's something is else. Is she moving. the only one, you know, while I'm keeping an eye out in front? And I didn't even hear anything, but I just turned around and looked straight behind me, and she's walking between, right, pretty much right in the middle of this draw, right along the creek. And I look back out into the field. I look back at her, and then I look back out in the field again, and then that second time, I turned to my right, and to my right, there was only a hole, maybe half the size of your basement down here mm-hmm. that you could only see. It was nothing but hedge trees and just those real like red thorn bushes. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I looked over there, I just saw like the biggest set of horns that I'd ever laid my eyes on. I didn't even look at him through my scope. I just had that feeling. I'm like, he's a shooter. Like, right. Plus it happened so quick. And I knew that he was in the only hole, the only spot the only, that I could. The only chance you sh- had. The only shot I had, exactly. So I was going to act then and then, you know, maybe be surprised later. So after <laughs> after I turn around, I see him. I stand up. I turn. Shoot him. He drops right in his tracks. So. That's always, <laughs> so course, that's always a nice feeling. I'm, yeah. I, so I, I don't know it's him at the time. I know I just shot my biggest buck. I know that for damn sure. But I don't know it's him. And I I kind of always, you know, just like probably you, growing up, you always wanted to be a professional hunter. Like I've always dreamed of like maybe having my own TV show or even being on a TV show and somebody filming you as you hunt, whatnot. So I, I sit down. Of course, I'm shaking like a freaking leaf now. And I'm making these stupid videos, you know, <laughs> sending them to my buddies. And, you know, like, hey, I think I just – I think I just shot my biggest buck ever, you know. 
and I know I know he's dead. I'm sitting there staring at him, and I, from what I thought, it was roughly. I thought he was like 80 yards, but um, I later range find him, and it was like 65 yards. Would have been a stretch with a bow. I feel comfortable shooting a 65, but I haven't shot at a 180 inch deer at 65 right. yards. But I get down and I'm walking over, and I get. Did part of you? Did part of you not want to get down? No. Like. No, every like ounce of me ner- wanted to nervous. get down. <laughs> every ounce of me wanted to get down because you know it. I, I can see him. I know he's dead. Right. But I, I also wanted to just sit there and just kind of soak in the moment too. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to look back and like, damn, I, you know, I should have. I should have did that, or I should have sat there and enjoyed it a little longer. But no, I get down and I get within probably twenty five feet of him. And I could see his split brows, and that was when, that was when I about like threw up. Mm-hmm. You know, I was the amount of adrenaline, excitement that ran through my body at that moment. It was, <clears throat> it was something I'd never experienced before, and I probably never will again. I don't know, but I put my hands on this deer, and I'm like, for three years, I've wondered where where have you been you know where have you been where did you go where'd you go <laughs> you know cotton eye joe but and when I, I just sit there and i stared at him and it was you know we've never had a deer of this magnitude on our farm before he's and gorgeous he'd been hanging out there his whole life i think but off and on but it, it was it's not the excitement wasn't just you know that i killed him it was the fact that I had, you know, I beat you. Like, I finally, finally won. I finally won. I I was one step ahead of you. And the crazy thing is, you know, I killed him 30 minutes after walking into the stand. Yeah. And he he walked up the same way I did, you know, right, right behind my tree mm-hmm. pretty much. But, yeah, he was just staring out that field. I think he was looking for that doe that had been behind him or something. Yeah. But. So, for the listener, now they're going to see a picture of this, but – I like to give the animal all the uh, all the credit it deserves best we can. So yeah. try to explain this deer to the listener. So I should have brought his score paper so I could be 100% accurate here, but his bases, if you can imagine a beer can, his bases are about a half inch shorter than a beer can. Um. Which is, I think he's like seven and seven and an eighth mm-hmm. down on his first base measurement, and then he carries five and a half to right at five inches. He's got twenty nine and a half inch main beams, which is stupid. It's mm-hmm. that, that's it's long for Lafayette, you know. All the way up to about four inches of his main beam, he carries five inches of mass. Yeah, he keeps it throughout throughout on both sides. <clears throat> And my favorite thing about him is his brows. They're both split. The one on his left side, they're so they're roughly from, two inches longer. But from 2018 to 19, then he split on the left side. Then his uh, yeah, his left side was not split. Yeah, and 18. then uh, he also added a he added a new a really cool point on the right side. Yeah, I guess you. Could, it's not as typical G two, but. 
yeah, it's it's almost like he grew a new G2. Yeah. It's really cool to see. I mean, I don't think I've ever actually had a deer in front of me where I, I saw a full set of sheds the year before it died and then obviously yeah. the rack the year it died. It's really cool to see how, like, you know, on the the left side, that uh, that small G4 type point actually got smaller. It got smaller. The next year. Yep. He kept that crab claw type point. It's not really just a, a G4 almost, type point, but he kind of kept that almost the exact same. And then he grew this seven inch, six and a half, yeah. six and a half inch point just out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And split on the. I mean, it's really cool to see how he changed. And then he's got that that blade there on the the G3 on the left too. Yep. So he's, it's really cool how that. I mean, that yeah. happens like that. Yeah, I don't know if. Um, you know, with his brows maybe splitting, if that maybe have kind of stunned his growth on his tines, maybe I don't know if somebody knows a little bit more about that than I do. But yeah, it's it. I would love to. I mean, we did. We had a show on with Mark, um, not Mark Haslam, Lindsey Thomas Jr., who's with the Deer Association about antler growth, and we never really talked about, you know, maybe what changes in one year to the next. But I, I really think it's just sometimes. You know, one point takes the blood, and yeah. maybe the blood gets choked off to another one, and it doesn't take as much of the blood. And mm-hmm. Who knows? But you know, it's crazy. Did you know that an antler grows from the tip down? So, like I when they're I growing out, that, yeah. I I never thought of it that way. Yeah, but I didn't know that till I wouldn't say recently, but yeah, a couple yeah. years ago. Uh, but he told us that, and that was interesting. So, I mean, what? A, and he scored. What you? What do you think he scored again? We. uh I took him to the uh, um, the convention, uh, Overland Park. Oh, the uh, something expo. Expo, yeah, Deer yeah. Expo. I think that's mm-hmm. what they call it. Um, Boone and Crockett was up there, so I wanted to get him officially scored. So I took him up there, and they gross. He was one eighty one, and that's all I need to hear. Seven eighths. Nets are for fish. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what Andy says. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he netted. I think one seventy. 177 or 175 yeah. around there. I, and yeah, like you said, I don't didn't, pay attention to that number. Didn't but. have a lot of deductions in, but yeah. Yeah. That's and what a gorgeous deer and it's it's a really cool, you know, story just because you knew about them for, you know, 3 years. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the feeling you had when you picked up his sheds and then what is cool is you picked up his second side the morning you killed him. The morning him. I killed him. The morning yeah. I saw him. Couldn't couldn't have wrote that story any better, yeah. you know. And uh, you yeah. know, so now you're always gonna have those with him. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad I was the last thing he ever saw. Because <laughs> sure, because uh, I'm glad I get to stare at him for the rest of my life too. That's for danger. Yeah. But well, we talked about you. You can just leave him here if you want. I mean, I got wall space for you. You can come visit him hey, whenever you feel like it. We can. Just uh, we can talk <laughs> rent prices. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, with that other shed too, I gotta listen to my brother. In my ear, what am I getting my shed back? What am I getting my shed back? I said, man, you're going to have to fight me for that shed. <laughs> that's funny. Well, that's awesome, man. I'll tell you what, congratulations. Thank you. Um, you know, I've, I've known about this deer since you killed him because we live in the same area. And mm-hmm. We know each other. Um, not real well, but we know each other. And, you know, I, I'd known about him and saw that beast of a deer. And uh, ever since we started this podcast, kind of wanted to hear that story. So, yeah. Kind of exciting for me to hear it. Uh, I knew a, a little bits and pieces, but I didn't know you picked up that shed that morning. You know that that sort of stuff's really cool yeah. to me. So and that's what a lot of people that you know I have told the story to. They're like, 
man, that's that's awesome. Like that's something you don't ever hear about. Mm-hmm. You know, you're lucky enough to find the guy's shed anyway. But to do it, it you know, I go back to when I said why I didn't sit in my blind that day. You know, something. You know, maybe it was because. You know, God wanted me to find that shed. Have that story happen And have that, that part of the story. Yeah. You know, I probably would have never found that shed if I would have sat in my blind that morning. Right. Because, I, I mean, I would have I I would have hunted back there anymore that year, for one. And for two, I wouldn't have walked that route. And, yeah. I, I mean, would I have loved to kill him with my bow? Absolutely. You know, he'd be definitely in the record books, you know. Mm-hmm. But... Nonetheless, you know, he's on my wall and nobody else's. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. Yep. He's yours and he's in your family for forever now. I mean, he's never going anywhere. So part of it. Yeah. Well, congratulations, man. Uh, We, I appreciate you telling the story. Yeah. Thanks for Um, having me, man. I appreciate it. Is there anything else you got before we hop off? I don't think so. Well, Cotton Eye Joe, you're one badass deer, buddy. And congratulations to Tyler Jarvis on an awesome harvest back in 2019. Good luck this year. You too, man. Hopefully you uh, get another badass deer on the on the ground, and we'll do another story. Hell yeah. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Tyler, man. Thanks. All right. Thank you to Tyler for coming on, uh, spending a late night with me. Um, Got to get up early in the morning for work, and he spent his time out here, so we, uh, we really appreciate him coming out. Um He came out later than originally planned because I decided to go hunting, and so he was nice enough to uh, be patient with me and let me go hunting. Didn't work out for me. Didn't see anything except for some freaking dogs. So that's how it is sometimes. Um, Tyler did a great job explaining that that deer. We're going to release some photos of the deer with this episode. What an awesome deer. You know, most of us will never get the opportunity to see a deer like that. Um, Tyler had it, uh, officially scored at, I think he said 181 inches, uh, gross, which is just a, a monster of a deer. He was gracious enough to bring it with him tonight. And I was able to check him out and hold his antlers in my hand. He brought the sheds as well. And just carried that, the mass is what was impressive to me. He carried that mass all the way from the bases, all the way out to the end. Um, didn't really lose it anywhere. And just uh, a really cool deer and a, a really cool story. And I'm, I'm uh, happy for him that he was able to to harvest him. So, anyways, uh, good luck to everybody out there. hope this really gets the blood flowing. Um, good luck to Tyler for the rest of this year. And uh, hope everybody is successful in whatever way they are deeming that to be successful this year season. Whether it's getting some meat in the freezer, some does. Maybe it's getting your first buck. With a bow, maybe it's getting your first buck ever. Um, whatever your quest is this year, we hope you guys um, obtain it and are able to, to make some memories, if nothing else. So good luck to everybody out there, and we'll talk to you all later.